Hey everyone, welcome back to It's a Mind Game. Today I'm here with Amy Hazel-Price, who is a pole dance instructor and studio owner. She's also a mum-to-be and currently 25-week pregnant, but she has also had her own experience with HA and also eating disorders and is here to share her whole journey with us, which is amazing. Um, thanks so much for being here, Amy, and welcome. Thank you. <laughs> um, I guess diving into things, do you want to tell us a little bit about how long you had HA for and I guess what your life looked like at that time? Yep. So um, I I went off the pill when I was about 20 years old. Um, that was when I was kind of trying to recover from a previous eating disorder and my dietitian at the time was saying um, – you know, let's just suss out and see what your body's doing now. You know, if you're not getting your period, that might be a sign of um, still being a bit low weight and things like that. So I went off the pill and, um, yeah, it never came back. And so I went to the doctors and got heaps of tests and they were like, oh, everything's fine. You've got follicles. You've got, um, you know, everything's structurally normal um it'll just take time and that's what they kept saying they would just kept saying it'll just take time it'll just take time so um I I was like kind of getting sick of that response I was like surely my body's not in the best position if it's not creating a period and so um I ended up doing heaps of research and started to look into herbal treatments and things that would help. And then along that research, I discovered what hypothalamic amenorrhea was. And um, everything seemed to be exactly on par to what the description of that was. Um, So I worked really hard in... um, in the recovery treatments that they proposed for HA and surely enough a couple of years later I got my period so that was about 10 years or probably about eight years after I came off the pill. Okay and were you getting a period when you were on the pill? Um, yes but I was severely underweight so I really feel like that was just a false period. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's where it gets really tricky because I've spoken to quite a few women now that, um, you know, for more reasons than one, go off the pool to see where their health's at. Yeah. And then all of a sudden that's when the period stops. But really it was just a fake period the whole time. Yeah, exactly. The pill. Um, and also sort of what you experience with doctors saying like, oh, it just takes time, it just takes time. It's not a very helpful answer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because if you are undernourished or you are over-exercising, um, unless you make substantial changes, no matter how long you wait, nothing's going to happen. Exactly. Um, I guess you mentioned the eating disorders. Yep. How long have you been dealing with those or you feel like that's something that you've overcome now? So it all kind of started when I was about 12 years old. Um, I was bullied and she told me, like the girl that bullied me told me I was fat. So I kind of in my head was like, right, well, I'm going to do something about that because – Um, I don't want to be called that ever again. So I started to um, really restrict my diet and um, exercise in like heaps and then started like losing heaps of body weight and everyone was started saying, oh, you look really good. So I kept on that and um, 
it went a little bit too far. And then I kind of self-managed. I, I, I moved from where I was. I was living in Hong Kong at the time. Um, I knew that that bully was still there. So I, I kind of wanted just a change of environment to um, get away from that all. So once I moved to Australia, I, um, I kind of naturally on weight, just being surrounded by other people that weren't as um, mean or concerned about body image. And um, so that was about at 16. So that was four years of like an anorexia um, disorder. And I was like, I was very small. I was maybe 38 kilos. Yeah. Um, And then I, yeah, I put on weight. And then when I was about 18, um, I was at a crossroads with what I wanted to do with my future. And I had put on like maybe about 10 kilos being at boarding school here. Um, So I was like, oh, I should probably get fit again or lose some weight. So um, this time, for some reason, something in my brain clicked and I just wanted to throw up whenever I felt full. So I, I would eat lunch and then I would throw it up. And then so I then started bulimia. Um, and I suffered with that from about 18 until I was 20. So yeah, two years. Um, I was at a crossroads cause I had always wanted to be a fashion designer and I got accepted into a school, into a university in England, but then I had, because the school terms start at different times, I, um, had like nine months free time after high school where I was kind of like what should I do with my time so that's when I started learning to pole dance and I got really good really quickly and again was starting to lose heaps of weight because I was bulimic but also exercising heaps and um, then it yeah I was like oh maybe I want to be a pole dancer but I've already been accepted to this uni and I was at that crossroads where it was a little bit out of my control because my dad had already um, paid for my university, which was very expensive being an overseas student. So I felt like I had to complete that. Um, So it was out of my control and it was food and weight was something that I could control at that time. So that's what I did. Um, so yeah, then I went into bulimia. I rec- I chose, or my mum forced me to recover at the age of twenty. She forced me to go see a um, dietitian, which was the best thing she did. But I was at that time, I was so against it and was really angry that she had organised that. Um, and so I recovered quite well. I was um, I moved back to Hong Kong and stayed with my parents for that time and then when I was about 23 or 24 I moved back to Australia um, to pursue that pole dancing career that I initially had found Um, and I was doing really well and I and I was very happy and I had put on weight again I'd put on about 10 kilos again um, so I'd always fluctuate 10 kilos up and down. Um, yeah. And then 
after that, I, at about 25 years old, um, I started to feel really run down and really almost as if there was so much expectation of my, from me, from like so much expectation of what I could do in pole dancing that when I traveled, I started to get really anxious um, that I wasn't living up to other people's standards. Um, and I started to travel almost feeling like a, a caged monkey. Like, you know, you go to a country and you do your performance and you do your workshops and they just expect all this thing from me. <laughs> so I started to get really, yeah. really down. And that's when I turned to managing my food again and restricting it. And I went back into another episode of um, anorexia then. I didn't go as extreme. I still went down to about 42 kilos um, at that time. But, um, yeah, then I knew that, I knew that I'd, I'd seen this pattern before in my life and I knew that I w- there was something in my life that I wasn't choosing, like I wasn't in control Fulfilling. of. Yeah. So, yeah, that's when I was um, like, I should not. I should say no to things that I don't want to do anymore and, and really just focus on what makes me happy. So from then started the journey of like, I really need to get on top of my health. And um, if I ever want a family in the future, I will need to, um, yeah, I will need to get a period back and I'll need to get, um, put some weight on. So yeah, I decided from then from about 25 years old, um, I had met my partner, Jake, and I was like, I think this is a good time for me to just just make a decision to to focus on my health. Yeah. Um, oh, I just want to go back on a few things that you said. But first off, thanks for sharing your journey That's with okay. us. Because, you know, I guess it's one of those things that you can sort of take ownership over it once you're in a good place. Yeah. But, you know, going backwards and looking into it, it's like, oh, gosh, those times are quite difficult. Yeah. Now, did you end up going to fashion school? Yeah, so I went for one year um, yeah. and I realised when I was over there that um, it's such an industry um, and it just wasn't – I'm not a cutthroat kind of person. I don't like to run people over. I don't like to um, be – I'm not a very strong person against other people so I was like I it's not for me I like drawing I like designing but it's I I can't be in that industry yeah it sounds like you're as you said earlier you, you're more of the people yes yeah, yeah I like to make people happy I need to make you happy exactly. yeah yeah so that would be such a tough environment to yeah. be in um the sort of polar opposites exactly. um I guess during parallels, because I, I had bulimia myself and it went on and off for quite some time. Yeah. And just something that you said, how it was like one day I just decided to throw up my food. Yeah. Um, I went through the same thing. It was like I don't really know when it started, but when it did, it did. Yeah. Um, and it was like that become the new habit. Exactly. Um, I was just interested with your bulimia, was it any sort of meal that you sort of felt full from you felt the need to purge or was it strictly if you had a binge or would sort of just depend um, originally it, originally it would just kind of depend on how I was feeling that day in particular um it started off with just normal food um 
and then but I, I was starting I've made like restrictions in my head it was kind of like oh it'll just be in this bathroom only or I was out and it happened I was like okay just this these two bathrooms and then only these four bathrooms and then it was just like okay maybe not in that one <laughs> so I was yeah like, and then it's out of control yeah, I was like trying to make <laughs> yeah. rules for myself and like it was like a a mind game the whole time um but then after the after I moved to England for the university then it started to become um a lot more binge style bulimia so I was kind of like really restricting my calories during the day um like for example my my breakfast would be like a black coffee and like half a cup or like less quarter cup of like um, non-sugar grains Um, and then Mm. my lunch would be either a veggie stock cube like in hot water (laughs) or yeah just yeah because it was so salty I used to do the same just just like a cup of like yeah a cup of veggies really bad chicken soup (laughs) but it was satisfying (laughs) and um or it would be like a couple of boiled um, brussels sprouts and then dinner would be like one little sachet of um couscous or something like that um you're eating i was eating nothing and then i would go to the gym and i would run for like 45 minutes to an hour and do a weights workout and then as I was there I would be planning the binge that I would buy on my way home and then I would walk past the convenience store I'd buy all these chocolate bars and um, like rice puddings and desserts and things like that I'd go to my room I'd eat it all I'd then throw it up and then the day would start again (laughs) yeah I am it's it's so bizarre how so many of us with the same condition have the same like habits and routines. Yeah. Um, I was the same in the way that it started off that it wasn't a binge that I yeah. threw up. It was just lunch and it would have been a really like, I don't know, quote unquote healthy yeah. lunch. Yeah. Um, salads, yeah, goodness sakes. <laughs> um, I think as my body weight got lower and lower, that's when that binge mentality yeah. started. To that's come. very true. And I Wow, like, oh, hey, on my way home, I pass a 7 Eleven. So I'm going to buy a few things from there and then I'll buy this from this next shop and then I'll, yeah, I'll go home, I'll eat it all and then I'll get rid of it. I'll pretend that it didn't happen and that tomorrow I'll never do it again. And then tomorrow would come and I'd do the same thing again. Just so much. Like, I'll never do it again. It's like, yeah. And the conversation with yourself as well. It's like, no, 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 this is the last time and I don't need help with this. I'm in control. And then, the more you do it, the more it turns into, you know, tears afterwards because it's like, oh, my gosh, I want to stop and I can't yeah. stop, but I need to. I don't want to. Um, and it's just this whirlwind of emotions and thoughts that's, yeah, horrible to yeah. say the least. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you said you saw a dietitian that sort of helped you get through Yeah, that. so um, in Hong Kong there was a dietitian that specialised in eating disorders. She was also like a um, – kind of like a psychiatrist for eating disorders as well um and originally I was like I don't want to go I'm fine I don't need help and then my mum was like um she was like you don't have to like her you just can you just please go 
she was like if you don't like it yeah. I, I promise you don't have to go back but please just go for this first meeting and I was like fine <laughs> so I walk in with the yeah. I walk in with the intention that I'm like gonna hate her and I'm never gonna come back um, and then yeah she was so lovely and she had suffered an eating disorder for about 10 years as well and um she started with opening up with her story and then allowing me to share my story and then just that building of rapport and knowing that she knows what how I feel was the biggest thing like if if she hadn't I feel like if she hadn't also been through what I'd been through I would have been like oh yeah you're just textbook smart like you just know what to say out yeah. of the textbook. But having that personal feelings and, and her understanding how that feels um, was a game changer. And you can really tell when someone connects with you on an emotional yeah. level. Yeah. Um, I saw a psychologist sort of early days when I decided I wanted like um, and I think I saw her once or twice before going, nope, this yeah. isn't for me. And half of the reason was she just didn't understand. Yeah. Um, it was just like, well, why don't you just eat a piece of chocolate yeah. every day? And it's like, it's not that know, easy. Exactly. <laughs> and she'd, you know, write me a little sticky note and be like, yeah, so this is your homework. I want you to eat some chocolate every day for a week. Um, and I thought, oh, all right, I'll give her a second chance. And I remember going back the second time. And she had a similar sort of feedback. And I didn't even do it the first time yeah. around because I'm like, I'm not ready for that. Like, you've got to warm it up yeah. a little bit, not just me into the deep yeah. end. Um, but I do believe that if someone had it opened up and been like, hey, I understand this is really hard and it feels like your whole world is yeah. collapsing. But if you challenge these rules, like, we can get to a really nice yeah. place. Um, how long did you see her for? Um, I saw her for about two years. Yeah. Okay, beautiful. And what do you think helped the most, I guess, with her treatment method? Was it more sort of just talking and having someone who understood where you were at or did she give you things to do in between um, food-wise? Yeah, definitely the, the talking and, and being able to understand how I feel. And she really kind of dug down into the underlying reasons of why why I think that way and why I'm – I fall into these patterns uh, like what kind of situations make me yeah like trigger. trigger going back into an eating disorder um she she had really good analogies of like the the eating disorder like it's it's as if it's an animal that's in your brain um it, that will always be there control it and it's like a caged monkey in your brain. And if you open the cage, it will be ravenous. But if you um, can lure it back in the cage and shut the cage and, like, acknowledge that it's there but not let it control you, um, you, can, mm. you can get on top of it. So, like, having an analogy to think to, like, oh, there's, it's, it's not me, it's something in me that is, needs control over and I can control it. I just have to be stronger than it. <laughs> um, yeah, but that's such a huge part though because I think especially when you get into that binge mentality, it feels like a yes, different part of yeah. you takes over and once it kicks in, there's yeah, no stopping you. It really is this raging, exactly. crazy 
part of you or animal, whichever way you want to look at it. And that part of it really is scary because it's like I can't stop. I feel like I can't stop and I'm not me when this happens. I don't even know what planet I'm on when this happens. Um, I just know when it stops I feel so horrible. Um, She was also really good at um, like if she was like always on call. So if I was – feeling really horrible about doing something I could email her and she'd email within the next hour or two or yeah she was just always available so knowing that someone was there was really comforting as well that's amazing that's the first I've heard of level of assistant and sometimes you just need someone to quickly vent to as well in order to get you out of that mindset yeah. just to like going into that animal analogy just for someone to reference yeah. that and you'd be like oh hang on no I can yeah. control this it's going to be hard yeah, but I can do I, it I, like I there were people around me but I didn't feel I could say anything to them because they wouldn't understand or they wouldn't they'd just be like oh stop being silly stop being like you know dramatic you're dramatic so, you're, t- you're tiny you're not yeah. going to be a huge tomorrow whereas I couldn't I couldn't think that far ahead I was like no I'm gonna turn into a fat you know slob right now because I just ate this (laughs) yeah and it and like it feels like that at the time as well if you eat something and all of a sudden your brain's told you that you're at the size of an elephant no one can talk you out of that suddenly you um, and unless you have experienced it, it's really hard to comprehend. It's like, yeah, but you just ate like five yeah. pieces of food. It's like, yeah, I know it's only five pieces, but try yeah. telling my brain that. My brain's telling exactly. me I'm going to um, Yeah, no, she sounds like she was a wonderful support yeah, system for you. Did you find that you could talk to your family and friends about it or they just like they wanted to help they, you but not in the way that yeah, you sort of needed it? Yeah, they wanted to help but they just didn't know how and I think um, – like, I mean, I think in their minds, you know, telling me that I look skinny or telling me that I look small, I think they thought that I would like that or, like, I would want to do, I don't know, recover from that. But that kind of fed my eating disorder. I was like, oh, great. I Made wanted, it worse. I wanted to look skinny. So <laughs> that's good. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think it was just, it was hard because they didn't really know how to treat me, but. I also, I don't think I wanted to listen to the people closest to me. Like it was, it was better coming from someone I didn't know at the time. Yeah, I, I felt the same way. I, if my mom or my dad or any of my friends or family commented, I instantly yeah. shut them down. I was like, I'm just super fit and healthy. Like exactly. you don't know what you're in about. Um, and then later on in life, when I started dating my partner, um, he was just as into bodybuilding yeah. as I was. He probably picked up on a few unhealthy characteristics and went, hey, unless you fix this, we're not going to yeah. work. Um, and that's when the penny dropped of, whoa, okay, I don't want to lose you, so I, yeah. I better work this out. Um, but, you know, if I say that story to my mum, she's like, I couldn't say that to you, Jade. Like, I would have told you and you would have gotten so yeah. upset with me. Now I'm like, well, I know. I know. My mum says the same thing. Like, you know, I, I, anything that my mum would say to me, I'd be like, how dare you? Like, you're just jealous that I'm small. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's what it's like. And it, yeah. And I look back now and I'm like, oh, you're yeah. a little witch. I was so, I was <laughs> so mean. Just help. Yeah. Because uh, the mind you get stuck in, it's just, um, it, you really, it really does feel yeah. like you're in a different world. 
especially when you look back on circumstances yeah. that happened. It's like, oh, the way I thought that situation can be is nothing like exactly. reality. Um, and then, so when you come, you learned that you need to recover your period, um, you started doing some research. Did you jump on to sort of like Facebook groups? Did you start seeing other practitioners? What do you think was, I guess, a really big help? Um, I started studying naturopathy, so herbal medicine. Um, and so I was starting to get really into um, the body and how it works. Uh, I then was also seeing a Chinese medicine doctor who gave me some Chinese herbs to in a tea to drink and she was giving me acupuncture um, and cupping. And then I mm-hmm. was also, um, I was listening to like fertility podcasts and period podcasts and just learning a lot about the period. Um, I then had a friend send me a um, book called um, No Period, Now What? And that I had a read through that and was like, okay, like I, I can see um, merit in this. Like after all my research, I know that, you know, increasing body fat percentage will help, um, you know, all the hormones work again. So, so yeah, I kind of about a year really hard. It was only two, uh, last year. Yeah. It's 2019. I focused really hard on, um, on everything to do with periods. <laughs> so, yeah, I was like, yeah. every time I got in my car, it was a podcast on fertility or periods. And I would come home and I'd do my own research and then I'd go to my Chinese medicine doctor. And I'd, <laughs> so, yeah. It becomes Sorry? an obsession. Exactly. It becomes a yeah, new obsession. Yeah. Like, I'm, a, I'm an obsessive. Yeah. It's like, how much can I learn? How much can I do? How much yeah, can I obsessive yeah. person. What can like, I if I want to do something, I do everything to do with it. So, mm. yeah. Um, now, so you mentioned that you're spending your 20 multiple hours a day in the midst of HA um, and obviously eating quite restrictive. What did you do? When, um, so, when you got your period back, what was your training like? around that sort of time frame and were you sort of just eating to suit your hunger cues or did you have any other sort of food rules in place? Um, Sorry, can you repeat that again? It was a bit crackly when you spoke. No, that's okay. Um, So around about the time when you got your period back, um, what was your level of exercise like and what was your food and nutrition like? So I used to train – um, yeah, I used to train for pole like maybe three to four hours a day or it would be a mixture of like running, stretching um, and pole tricks and things like that. So I was doing quite a lot. Um, and then, yeah, about two years ago when I won a competition that I'd always wanted to win, um, it kind of felt like I had completed the milestone that I was working towards and I was like okay now I feel like my next thing is to you know bring my period back so I decided to stop my any additional training and just do um just teach my classes and so I would my classes would be my my training um 
And I did my yoga teacher training, so I tried to slow down doing movement that wasn't as crazy. Um, sure. Because I was starting to put on weight, it was getting harder for me to do everything that I used to do in pole. So I, and then last year I completely stopped running. I used to run still three times a week or something. So I stopped running completely. Um, and then I really just started to slow down, like doing less and less classes and, um, was, yeah, just really trying to not do anything that was strenuous. Yeah, I guess during that part as well, it's amazing how much your awareness goes to just how much you're yeah. smashing yourself yeah. all the time. Um, I guess I was half in for 11 months. So I went from training two, three hours a day yeah. to training one hour a day. Um, and then I just ate to suit my hunger. So I didn't make sure I was consuming a certain amount, but I I never avoided food. Yeah, so just I'm- like, hungry you eat food I started to yeah I started to just take away all the restrictions and barriers that I had around them and I was like you know if someone offers me a cup I eat a cupcake if someone offers me this or if I if you know if we want to go get ice cream I'm gonna get ice cream like so I started to really just be to go with the flow with what was happening around me and um and yeah and then eat when I was hungry so yeah. <laughs> yeah, and no, that's such a big part of it too, just sort of going with the flow. I mean, I got to 11 months of that half in yeah. and I still hadn't gotten it back. I was so frustrated. I'm like, no, I'm just going to stop exercise yeah. and I'm only going to walk and do yoga. Um, and four weeks that's later, so I got my period back. Um, uh, but I just, I was like, wow, I had no idea even just that one yeah. hour of training still plays a part. So um, obviously I'm training and stuff now, but because you've been training for so long, you don't realize how strenuous running is or how strenuous CrossFit is or how strenuous your pole classes are. And then you take a step back and you go, oh, I guess even more so now because we've had crazy lockdowns here, just not taking half of the classes that you normally would. Did you notice the difference? So you've taken a step back from training, say, two times already, and then the COVID lockdowns happened and you've taken yeah. another step down again. Did you notice a difference in how your body felt even just through um, that transition? Yeah, I definitely started to to realise that I'm no longer feeling those, like, crazy desires to eat or crazy cravings anymore. And I, I'm really kind of, like, not as food driven um and mm. yeah like as as when we were in lockdown my studio was closed so I couldn't even go in to dance um I I was just doing yoga once a week here and walking my dog every day so I either walk a like a 3k walk or a 7k walk depending on how I'm feeling so I was listening to my body a lot more mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, yeah, lockdown kind of happened around, started. Yeah. Yeah, um, March. And then we were kind of open for like three weeks in around June. Um, so we went back to the studio and I taught a couple of classes, but I had definitely lost a lot of strength. Um, but it didn't really bother me anymore. I was kind of like, oh yeah, this is what 
what is the new me now. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, you sort of found that new path and, and you're I okay with it. Yeah, this is the season I'm in now. Like, harsh on myself. Like, why can't you do this? You should be able to do this. I was like, oh, well, this is, this is what it is. Um, and then... But yeah. that feels really nice too, like going back to say how your mindset might have been yeah. the years prior to that. You probably would have gone in and been like, oh, my exactly. gosh, you suck, this is pathetic. Um, go train an extra 10 yeah. hours, don't <laughs> eat for two days. And instead it's like, yeah. oh, you know what, yeah. it's okay. Yeah. Like it's okay. Um, and then I guess so June pregnant. is yeah, when exactly. you fell so pregnant. pregnant and then, yeah. Um, I was kind of really nauseous and I didn't want to do anything for that first trimester. So when we went back into lockdown, I was like, this is the best thing ever. Like I can just lay at home all day (laughs) and not have to go to the studio or do anything. And um, it was kind of a relief because I was was like, I don't even have to teach anymore if I don't have to, like if I don't want to. It's a... It was kind of a really nice um, moment where I was like, I have the choice to not teach and not move if I don't want to. Like I can really listen to my body. Just absorb everything. Um, And like make a life. Like that's work in itself. And, yeah, I have – I'm not – I don't feel pressure to do anything. So, Yeah. I so the first trimester I really did nothing because yeah I just I felt a little bit nauseous and I just didn't have the motivation or energy to do it um and then the second trimester hit and I started to feel really alive and lots of energy and I started doing some body weight workouts that my boyfriend was running in the house um and I Uh even got like energy to do a little jog like it wasn't running but like a jog for 100 meters and then walk and a jog so I felt really empowered almost that I could still could still jog but wasn't like if I wanted to stop I stopped I wasn't pushing myself to to reach a certain distance or anything yeah so it was it's a really nice time (laughs) yeah like because I know everyone's pregnancies are so different um, but I was the same in the first trimester. I never vomited, yeah, but I just same. felt so sick all the time. And as an example, yes, I love black coffee. And the smell of it made yeah. me want to throw up. And no one at work knew yet. So they'd be oh. like, Jade, I've got a coffee for you. So nice. I'd be like, oh, thank you so much. And I'd hide it behind my computer screen. I'm like, oh my God, if they see I haven't drank yeah. it yet, they will know something's wrong. And then my best friend found out a little bit sooner than everybody else. So oh, she started so drinking my coffee for me. <laughs> but I just remember thinking, oh my goodness, that smell yeah. is disgusting. Um, and even the foods that yeah. I would normally eat, yeah. I could not stand like, away from me. Um, an exercise I tried, yeah. but it was hard because I'm like, I just have nothing. And then second trimester hit, just like what you were saying, I'm like, hey, I feel amazing. Yeah. This is great. Um, you just feel alive again. Um, and you do feel really empowered, especially when you can. Yeah. Have you started yeah. feeling kicks? 
so oh, good. How awesome. Yeah. I that was that. my favourite part. The kids are amazing. Um, um, have you had no, any cravings? I, I feel, I mean, fruit, I guess. <laughs> I just want all fruity things, lots of like yeah. uh, mangoes, kiwis, grapes, things like that. But um, nothing different. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You hear some crazy yeah. stories of craving. I've had a feeling like selling vinegar oh or eating yeah, talk. No. Yeah, yeah. Deficient in magnesium. I've seen that, but yeah, I've um, not had any. Yeah, eight. <laughs> like, the twenty. So when's your due date? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so exciting. Um, do any friends or family around you have like young kids at the moment yeah. that you can sort yeah, of bounce so off or brother, how's that? Um, funnily enough, his, so his partner, they had a baby, uh, two, now two years, um, but they're pregnant with their second baby and they're due a week after me. Yeah. So oh, a wow. cousins a week apart. So fantastic. Um, that's awesome. And my boyfriend's family, he has three sisters and they all had a baby last year. So yeah, they're all, wow. um, they've all got kids and who else? I think I yeah. just found out one of my friends is pregnant today. So yeah. Yeah. Oh, babies everywhere. Jeez, your family at Christmas is going to be Lots of babies. <laughs> amazing. So many babies. I'm trying to imagine yeah. it in my head yeah. right and now. So, and I'm like, yeah, wow. Yeah, she's got three sisters, and the, the oldest sister has three kids, um, and the youngest two have just one kid each. Um, yeah, my brother has two kids. So, <laughs> yeah, wow. At least you've got people you can yeah, sort of talk to sure. about for, for a little bit. Really nice. Um, I guess tracking back into the HA yeah. side of things, is that so okay? Um, what do you have any concerns about having HA again in the future? Like, do you feel as though you're totally in control of those sort of obsessive thoughts over food and exercise, or you feel like you've just sort of found yourself um, now and you're just you're happy with where I'm, you are? Yeah, I'm and happy with where I am, and I, I think I think knowing that whatever I do put my mind to, I can achieve it. So if I was to find that my period went away again I would kind of know the journey that I would have to take to get it back so yeah I do feel like I mean I, I've, I've done bodybuilding before and when I left the bodybuilding and I, I knew that my abs were never going to look like that again in my mind I knew that it was within reach but I could choose to be there or be not not there so in my mind I feel like everything mm. in this life is within reach it depends on if i want to reach for it or not yeah yeah i love that it's, it's so true it's like whatever your yeah, goal is at the exactly. time is what your world so if you're choosing to let's say be fertile and have a period it's like okay well i'm not exactly. reaching for the super shredded <laughs> yeah. six-pack up because that, yeah. that's what path. yeah um and i guess when you can break it down and simplify it to that extent it actually makes it a little bit easier to wrap your head around it's just like well the goal isn't abs right now the goals yeah. are yeah. my fertility or um yeah 
What do you think would be your biggest tip to anyone who's sort of trying to recover their period or I guess is starting to acknowledge that they might um, have an issue with food or I exercise? Think, I mean, it's so hard to say keep going because there's so many days where you're like, I just don't want to keep going. Like I've had enough. This is too hard to recover. But mm. um, I think the best thing that I ever did was open up. Like you think that no one really wants to hear it, but people want to listen and people want to know what's going on and how they can help you. Um, And you're not alone in anything that you've done. Whatever you're doing, someone else has done before. um, And there is help any, like everywhere you go. So um, don't be afraid to open up and speak your truth and seek help because there will be someone out there that can help you. Um, yeah, you'll just have to find <laughs> find that person. Um, yeah. 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 I, I think that's wonderful advice. Um, so, sorry, you've, you've obviously been quite successful in the yep. pole dancing world. Did you find that when you started to take a step away from training, and focus on your health that that was sort of welcomed in your community or was there um, a little bit of talk? I think it was really well received given that I was just so open about it. Um, I had lots of followers and I definitely mm. have lost over, you know, followers on Instagram. Not that like, not that that bothered me, but I knew that I would lose people once I stepped away from being so pole focused um but the amount of response that I've gotten from so many girls that are in the same position like um just from being honest and telling them what I was doing and um yeah and you know you know getting weight on social media is a very hard thing to do if you're doing it publicly um but I think for me being honest Mm. and truthful about it made it a little bit easier because people could understand why I was doing certain things. And if someone could learn something from that or, um, or if I could help someone in the same position, that was, that was more, that meant more to me than, you know, the people that just wanted to see my pole dancing. So uh, yeah, it was, it was kind of, yeah. um, it was, it was very well received. Yeah. In the, in the industry, given industry so there's lots of people who have been have suffered from eating disorders and had um uh exercise bulimia as per se yeah um it's amazing how once you sort of share your own journey how many people come out and start sharing I know it's a little bit more received I guess in the bodybuilding world and like triathletes and things like that um, but I think that's where I found your journey so interesting because you're actually the first story I've heard of someone who's, yeah. you know, an elite athlete when it comes to pole dancing. Um, but just sort of highlighting the fact that HA doesn't really discriminate against the type of exercise that you're doing. It can be any form of yeah. exercise that's just too much exactly. coupled with an eating disorder. Um, yeah, and then you, once you sort of identify that, then you've got all these people that come to surface and go, yeah, hey, that's yeah. just like me or that's yeah. like my friend. Or and, 
someone in um, did you have anyone in your dance studio that uh, yeah a couple of people from the, as well they, they were they were not curiosity like um well some of them didn't want to talk to me face to face because they were still you know quite shy about admitting what they had but they would message me and say you know I really appreciate you telling your story um I can relate to some of the things that you're saying as well and yeah it was really nice to know that you know there were other people just as close to me that were experiencing the same thing and then they I feel like it kind of creates this this bond between you two because you know that each other are going through certain things and um yeah and to know that each other were there for each other if they needed it um yeah so it was (laughs) yes no it's it's beautiful to not feel alone and not that you want anyone to be going through what you're going through but when you hear someone's like hey i've had the same thought or I'm kind of from training too, or um, like you said, that that connection can be so strong, yeah. even if it's never a face to face conversation. Just like you said, yeah. talking to you on Instagram or Facebook or whatever it might be, um, you can still form a really lovely relationship yeah, exactly. out of that, and it's even very, a support system. It's very nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, is there anything else that you would like to share about your journey, or if not, where? our listeners could potentially um, reach out and have a bit of a chat with you. I'm not sure what else I would have to say. I feel like I've covered mostly everything, but um, yeah. <laughs> You've been amazing. You've had some incredible, like not only your story, um, but even just really beautiful words of you. advice to people going um, through this. Thing. Yeah, well, I mean, if, if anyone, I, I check my Instagram every day. So um, following me on Instagram at amyhazel92 um, is a – yeah, is probably a really good way to find me. Um, I do have a website, hazelmovement.com, um, where you can find some more information. And I write blogs every now and then also about my experiences. So that's on there. And, yeah, that's probably the two best ways to find me. Amazing. Well, Amy, thank you so much for sharing your journey and also, you know, like those helpful tips. And um, I wish you all the very best for your pregnancy. It's going and so I'm fast. sure that's going to whiz by <laughs> so quickly. Thank you. Uh, enjoy every moment. Yeah. It's um, such a magical time. But thank you so much for your time with us today. Thank you and, so much. Um, yeah, we wish you all the very best. Bye. Thanks, Amy. Thanks so much for listening in on today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we loved recording it. Um, Please share it with someone who you think might also like it and subscribe to the podcast to stay up to date with further episodes. Thanks again for being here.